Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The View from the Mount, uh, the podcast where we talk about real-life issues through a biblical lens. Joining me on the airdrums is Jason Cole, and I am Matt. Uh, we're pleased, as always, to be here with you. And today, uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that have been going on in the country uh, in terms of political uh, power and how Christians ought to respond to some of the new mandates that are coming down. This is something that we've heard discussed a lot. There seems to be very little agreement even amongst Christians on how we ought to respond to some of this. Yeah, so we understand this is a little bit difficult. And honestly, we we started a preliminary discussion about what we were going to do. Uh, and we were all over the place trying to figure out even where we stood and how yeah. this fit into our understanding of scripture. So this is something we're still trying to work out. Uh, maybe we'd say it's uh, where where does compliance begin and where do where do we become uh, defiant right. uh, when there's a law, when there's a mandate, when there's an expectation that's set aside by political figures, by governing authorities. Uh, specifically, I, I guess the reality is that uh, this past week there was a, a new uh, announcement made about uh, COVID vaccinations within small businesses. Um, if you have a company that's 100 people or more, it's expected uh, that you require your people to be vaccinated or tested on a weekly basis. Uh, and so what do we do? If we're a Christian business owner, uh, if we are uh, you know, a Christian in general that's, that, that's being forced on, what, what do we do? What do we so- decide to do? What's the right thing biblically? And how do we uh, navigate this, Matt? Right. And, and this has sort of been you know, something that's been a trend over the last year, right? Since the the very first uh, rumbling sort of came down that the government was going to be enforcing things like lockdowns or or mask mandates or right. then the vaccine mandate. And now is this going to now materialize into a personal when vaccination do we, right, mandate? When do we say no? When do we pull the uh, card? Hey, you tell our church we're not going to close down. We're not doing it. Come and get us. Right. Uh, where do, where are all those lines? And and the reality is, like in my own life, I don't know about you, Matt, but like I struggle with my uh, formed political leanings. Yeah. How do I how do I make sure that my political leanings are not trumping my biblical uh, response, my responsibility to submit to God, which I want to be number one. Yeah. I want my I want my love for the Lord to conquer to overshadow my political ideology, mm-hmm. no matter what that means, no matter what that means, I want to be a Christian first. Yeah. And, and I, that can be difficult because a lot of, I mean, we're all, we've all been shaped by the way that we've grown up in our country. And it, it's weird how America means different things to different people, but kind of the subjective understanding I've always had has been, it's all about freedom. It's all about liberty. Right. It's all about opposing tyranny. I mean, that was the birth of our country was that we opposed England's supposed tyranny. Um, and it's almost become synonymous with Christianity, this sort of patriotism where we're like, it's almost right. like we think part of being a Christian is standing up for all these personal liberties. And I, but, but is that a scriptural idea? Well, I, I, I really don't have the easy answer for that. Um, I know what I want it to be. I know what I want it to be. And that's what I'm trying to check. Right. Is, you know, am I, am I wrong? Mm-hmm. So like we have, uh, you know, an, an ideas and opinions about politics and about COVID and vaccinate. And, and we have all these ideas and opinions. By the way, this podcast is not necessarily about vaccination. No. Uh, we, we don't care if you're vaccinated, unvaccinated. That's not the point. We're not anti-vax people. We're not anti 
mask people for that right. matter. And nor are we encouraging you to go out and do those things. I, I think we're kind of even working out on our own minds exactly where we stand on some of this for, right. for our own selves. And so we don't want to make anyone feel like this is an indictment one way or the other, but we do want to take some kind of position. You know, but we you don't can, want to be wishy-washy and not really say anything. But you can fill in the blank. So right. if we use this as the overarching thing through this podcast, uh, you can fill in the blank with any other issue. Um, however far down the spectrum you want to go, you can use another issue just as easily. So uh, we are kind of filtering this through this uh, announcement that President Biden made about uh vaccine requirements. Uh, and really the discussion's not about, uh, and we'll probably touch on a little bit. It's not necessarily about government overreach either. It's about Christians responsibility with the government. Yeah. And so at what point should we, and can we oppose a, a governmental mandate? Right, like well, let's, that? let's frame this a little bit. Um, uh, in Romans chapter 13, the Bible instructs us to submit to governing authorities. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this is in the backdrop of the Roman Empire, right? Which, which is incredibly oppressive, incredibly evil and wicked. And Paul's instructions was not to defy; it was to submit. Peter likewise said to honor the king. Uh, that was Caesar, yeah. Nero uh, at the time, who was going to eventually, in just a few years, put both Paul and Peter to death. Yeah. So. They're told to submit in this. We aren't, no matter where we think we are, we're going, we are not Roman Empire No, uh, as an American Christian. We're not, a, we're not Nero. Uh, I'm not saying there aren't trends to be alarmed about, things to be concerned about. We should know history because yeah. of that. But Biden and Nero are not the same thing. They are not. No. And, and it was really pretty awful what they were suffering back then. And, and so there's also this other concept, um, along with submitting to the government, where we're told, you know, if someone makes you walk with them one mile, walk with them two. If, right. if they want your cloak, give them your robe also, that kind of yeah. stuff. Turn the other cheek. And so this idea of uh, being loving and, and, and kind of going along with, with people who might be doing us wrong, it, I don't even think it excludes us being harmed in the, in the deal. Right. Correct. We, uh, so let's try to filter this first here, Matt. When God's law and the government's law conflict, yeah, we always should obey God. Absolutely. And we have biblical example of that. Yes. Yeah, we do. And and so we, you know, we kind of talked earlier when we were getting ready to put the show together. We talked about uh, Moses's parents, you know, floated him down the Nile rather than kill him at birth as, as they had been commanded to do by Pharaoh. Or then, you know, Mary and Joseph fled rather than allow Herod right. to kill Jesus, which was obviously the correct choice, um, not only because of who Jesus was, but any baby's parents would have been correct right. to do Dan that. Daniel refused to give up prayer. Yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow before uh, a false idol. Right. Peter and John refused to quit preaching, even if it was going to cost them their life. Yeah. So, so one aspect to this that Peter and John kind of give us a clue about is that if we say no, that doesn't exempt us from the consequences of breaking that law. Shadrach, Correct. Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel. So, so we say, the government says, hey, you cannot do this. It's against the law, but it conflicts with God's law. And we say, well, we're going to obey God rather than man. Right. Well, we might go to jail. We might face whatever 
tax fine consequence. Mm-hmm. And we have to be willing to do that. Yeah. And, and that's not an unrealistic prospect at this point that we might expect certain, certain doctrines might become labeled as some sort of hate speech. Uh, we might be fined for not being willing to hire one person or another because of what they personally are doing. In and their we should own stand lives. our ground and we should absolutely. There's no question there. And so I think where we get into some gray areas is where some of these things are absolute uh, overreach, you know, the, the government is taking new authority. It doesn't technically have in order to force us to do things in our personal lives. And on, on the one hand, I bridle at that. I want to say no. And I, and, and I feel like that's the right thing, but the question I've got to ask myself is, is that my subjective feeling or is it a scripturally backable argument? Right. Can't, does government overreach? I mean, we're talking about within the framework of the American constitution right? Abuses of the constitution. Yeah. So if the government abuses their constitutional authority, overreaches on, on that authority, like we felt they've done on numerous occasions, uh, do we as Christians have the right to obey, uh, disobey the government on that basis? Yeah. And that's, and that's the question. And, and I'm still kind of struggling with this. And that's part of kind of what we're going to do with this discussion is I don't know that we're taking a specific position, but we are exploring yeah. this. Because uh, so yes and no, yes and no is is the is my quick answer. Okay, uh, I think you know you mentioned to me the idea of what about the next thing? Yeah. At what point do we do we be concerned about uh, destinations, about long term, where this is headed? So it might not be that this is such a thing to uh, a hill to die on, right? But there will be a next step. Yeah. And if we don't draw the line somewhere, if we don't stop it somewhere, if we don't defy somewhere, uh, then we're going to wake up one day and it's going to be too much. Right. And and we've kind of talked about, you know, that the, the government over the course of this pandemic has has taken emergency powers for some different things. Um, and now that they've sort of created this very robust, you know, public health sort of center of power, they're starting to label other things as public health, racism or, right. or gun violence or uh, hate speech or what, whatever the case might be. They're, they're saying of oh, the climate, you know, these are all now public health. And so they've amassed power at this center and now they're labeling other things as being an extension of that. And so it's really clear to see where this could be headed in a bad direction. And do we have, do we have a duty to look forward right. and say, where this is logically headed is going to be bad for the kingdom, and, and so we should oppose it And we now. know enough history to be concerned. So, you know, we talked, you know, this might not be everybody's understanding of it, but we really feel that in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of a, of a difficult time, people have uh, maybe too willingly given up freedoms and liberties, and the government has filled that vacuum, filled that void yeah. very readily. Mm-hmm. And, and so anytime there's crisis, anytime there's, uh, some type of difficulty, the government's usually going to be there to seize that. At what point do we say, nah, you know, yeah. whether we're talking about, uh, you know, if you remember like after nine 11, the Patriot act mm-hmm. became uh, a big thing, uh, an incredible overreach. Yes. Uh, but we lar- by and large, were like, Oh, okay. Because we were afraid. Right. So yeah. oh, sure. Tap my phones and sure. No, you don't need warrants to do, do, do that. Even though it violated, the Constitution. So, is my understanding of the Constitution and, and and where this becomes wacky to me is how would this apply in another place that isn't doesn't have government restrained by a Constitution yeah. that is totalitarian that has a despot ruler. Yeah, and and I think that's interesting because 
you know, we went to some place like China or where they've got this very uh, rigid, you know, communist government who tries to squelch uh, the church. And that's probably much more closely resembling the Roman Empire at the time when the New Testament was being written. You know, it was very difficult to be a Christian. And, w- and we're in a different situation here in America. And so maybe part of the question is, how do we operate under an established regime like that versus what's our responsibility for stopping that from ever Emerging. becoming a thing? Yeah, um, I, that's a good question. I think that's part of it. So I think that becomes a question because one is when we talked about vaccines and, and this this isn't a Romans 13 yeah. thing, right? This doesn't violate a God-given command. Correct. Um, it, it's not even a law, right? So it's not you know, me refusing to be vaccinated, Mm -hmm. uh, there isn't a law that said you should, you have to be vaccinated. Now, if I was employed by a business, I might be able to say no, be fired, move on or or whatever else. And there'd be questions about inconsistency. I would have questions about why can a a cake baker refuse, get get sued for refusing, you know, and, and yet this is allowed, um, and that's that's on an employee's level, but then you've got some of these small business owners who are certainly they don't have that easy way out of just saying no and finding a new job. You know, you figure they've talked about maybe up to a fourteen thousand dollar fine per person per week if they're allowed to work without being vaccinated or showing a test. Right. And so you figure what an, an employer with a hundred people, that's one point four million dollars a week. That that's they, good that math. Might, I mean, that's 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 insane. I'm trusting your math. Um, is right. Yeah, trust my math. Right. That's an incredible burden to, to place on some of these small. And if you're a small business owner, that's obviously ruinous to okay, you. So, so, so there might be a question that compliance on this might just make more sense. On a surface level, it, it might in the short term make things easier. But I, I just I don't think and this is my subjective, you know, and this is part of why I'm struggling is I, I'm trying to find do we have a scriptural ba- basis for for these opinions? I personally I don't think that we can treat each thing as an isolated thing. I think that's how we've gotten kind of where we are now is each, each small little step doesn't seem like a big deal well, until becomes, suddenly this it does, is. This becomes more complicated than just putting Romans 13 over it. Yeah. Uh, and submission to the governing authorities or, or acts for, you know, where obey God rather than man, because this has nothing to do with my obedience to God's commandments. Right. You know, there's no commandment that would cause me, preclude me from being vaccinated. But we, we kind of, when we talked about this, we conclude there has to be more to it than just God versus government conflicting. There has to be more involved in that just based on logic. For example, if the government said, here's a fork, we're commanding you. It's now in law that everybody stick a fork in a light socket. Yeah. Uh, no. Right. Correct. Why? On the basis of that's stupid, on the basis of that's dangerous. Yeah. So now we have a new nuance that we look at vaccination. At, at least at least somewhat needs to be discussed. And and this is my concern. Is this is my could I refuse and be right within my if there was a law, there's not a law. If there was a law, could I refuse and be justified before God because this is not proven, this is not safe? That's a good question. I think a better uh, parallel to that really though is because honestly, if we all stick a fork in a light socket, we are all going to get hurt. You know, a hundred percent, you stick a fork in a light socket, you are going to get hurt. It's going to electrocute you. So I, I liken it, like we talked a little bit about earlier today, um, to some of like, we have seatbelt laws, right? We have laws that you have to wear your seatbelt or you will be fined if you get caught. Now that literally only affects me, 
right? That's a law that forces me to protect myself. I think that's government overreach. I don't think that it's their job to protect me from myself. And yet we haven't risen up as the church to, to protest and wail about that. No, we it, just wear the seatbelt. Nor would I, I you know, and, I, and, but I the reality is, wear a seat belt. right. And largely, largely seatbelts make people safer, but there is a small percentage of people who have been killed by seatbelts, right? It, it decapitates somebody or it gets bound up and you can't get right. out of a burning car, that kind of thing. So there are these sort of fringe cases where that is dangerous. And so I think there's a real question about, is it the government's place to pass a law like that? But but it's a different question altogether where but that I'm not, saying, well, as a Christian, should I defy that? That doesn't have anything to do with our Christianity. No, it right, doesn't. Right, you know, so, does the vaccine. Well, my question is, does it on the basis of wisdom on health? On, it, on, on it my well-being? And so I don't, the question has to be for that, no matter where you fall on Vaccinate, sure. The the answer to that has to be we just do not know. Right uh, now, no matter I know people are gonna say, well, the vaccine makes you healthy; it protects you from the virus. I believe the statistics probably showed that if you got COVID with the vaccine, it probably makes it uh, less symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I think that's probably absolutely true. Um, but do we know for certain, no, long term, that there's no damage? Now, I don't think there's some orchestrated conspiracy from the higher ups to eliminate large sections of the pot. Uh, that would be counterproductive yeah, I don't uh, for the powers that be. Uh, so I, I don't think that's the case. I just think what, it, what the reality is, is I saw something that said, well, we, we know that the long-term effects of this are, are, are not negative. How? Yeah. There, there really is no way to know that yet because we haven't been giving it to people long enough to observe the long-term effects of it. And so, Sure. There's, there's plenty of risk there. We don't know for certain, even, even trying to figure out what we know for sure now it might is be difficult great, Matt. because it, it, this vaccine might be great. It might be a wonder drug. Mm-hmm. It might keep people from getting uh, this. There might be zero long-term. That might be the case. Yeah. I just don't know. Right. And so my reluctance, my reluctance is purely on, well, m- my reluctance, just to speak from my way of thinking, how I've kind of processed this the whole time. One is I have an immune system that when I read the data, you know, tends to work more effectively. 99.8% is better than 90%. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my, my, my thought process. Plus, uh, you know, I, I'm, more afraid of, I'm more afraid of the long-term effects of the vaccine than I am the short-term effects of the virus. Right. And, and I get that. I'm kind of in the same boat. I feel like I like my chances. If I get the virus, I think I would survive it just fine. I really don't want to But you can convince me to get vaccine. the virus. And, and so the question is, if there was a law, would I comply? And that's a weird— Should I comply it, as a I Christian? I don't know. I don't know if we have— now, If we're a, not Christians, Matt, if we're not Christians, then stick it to the man. Right. You know, if we're not Christians, then, then, then this argument goes, but as Christians, do we have an obligation to, to obey this law? There's not a law. There, I keep saying that because there is not a law. This is not Romans 13. And, and, and maybe the question would be framed like this. Am I, am I being unloving or unkind by not getting the vaccine? Am I, I not loving my neighbor? I don't think that's the case. And, and that's, a, that's a situation where we can look at things that we do know, right? I mean, like they, they've shown that vaccinated people continue to carry the virus. They continue to be able to transmit it. They carry a higher it. viral load. Yeah, sometimes. And so- you can still spread and, and, and transmit the virus even if you've been vaccinated. But as a vaccinated person, you're pretty well safe from a serious complication. Well, now, as an unvaccinated person, you remain in whatever danger you are already that, in. But that that's sort of the, your choice. Doesn't that become the conflict in your mind is that 
that when you hear the conversation about this, well, let's make an enemy of the unvaccinated. Who are we an enemy to? Right. You know, if, if, if the vaccine works, and this has been my whole thing all along, if the vaccine works, if the masks work, if all that works, then why, why is it so bothersome if I don't? Yeah. Because then it's just a danger to me and like-minded people. And, and I kind of agree with that position. That's been my position. If the vaccine works, then, then, then why, right. are the, why are, you know, I think. So it's they, not unloving to your neighbor to The not announcement be was, well, the, the unvaccinated are a threat to the vaccine. Sure. Well, but concurrently, they reassured you that if you're vaccinated, you're safe. And so those are two conflicting positions. You can't hold both of those positions at right. the same and, time. And they tell me to trust the science and I want to trust the science. Right. I do. I want to trust the science. So for me, some of this is let's let it play out. I'm not anti-vax. Right. I'm not opposed. You know, man, if you want to get the vaccine, you want to get 20 of them, go get 20 of them. And at this point, I don't feel I need it. But there may come a time when I change my mind about that. And and that's fine. too. I've waffled somewhat on this, Matt. I've I've thought, man, am I? So let me also this is where I've waffled and why I've waffled on on considering. Is it worth whatever? exclusion from society might emerge. It looks like one day they're going to have vaccine passports. It looks like travel might be one day limited if you're unvaccinated, or you might not be able to go to stadiums for shows if you can't. Uh, I don't know if I want that hassle. That is my argument for resisting it, because that's one more level of power we've handed over. And and again, do we have do we have an obligation to look to the future to see the likely end result. If well, we losing, continue to hand over power, continue to hand over power to the government they never had before, even if we like what this particular uh, version of the government is doing, which I don't, but even if we did, eventually you got to figure someone's going to come into power and now have all this authority. It, it is eventually going to be bad for the church, I think, in the country. You know, we've talked yeah. about that persecution you know, we always say, oh, it's good for the church. It thrives under persecution, but it really maybe isn't the best thing for the church. And no. we can see very clearly um, that we have plenty of people in authority who have no no problem at all going after the church and seem to have a priority of doing that. Do we want to continue handing over power to those people? Well, that's, I don't think so. Well, you know, there's a practical reality of 20% of the population is unvaccinated in business, no matter what size, whether that's airlines or whatever, lose 20% of their clientele. That's not good for the bottom line. Right. Money drives these things. It does. But now, if we, you know, to Matt's point, if we, if we all relent, if we all just give in and say, all right, well, I just want to participate in society, then the effect is none. But 20% of the population boycotts, essentially, yeah. which is a force, would be a force boycott, uh, would really affect the bottom line. Right. And so, again, kind of just to bring us back, the, the, the question isn't, whether you should be vaccinated no. or not, that's that's each person's decision. We would no. urge to respect. Sure. Really, really what we're trying to get to is, are our objections biblically sound? Do we have a scriptural reason? What would Paul have done? What would Paul have done in this situation? These, these, these hypotheticals always get at me a, a little bit. What would Jesus have done? What would Paul have done? Because the reality is I don't know. Correct. But but we do have this idea that, that Paul was really strong on you might, as a citizen of God's kingdom, give up some of your rights on earth, you know, in order to be next to people who need to hear about Christ. You might have to put yourself in the backseat. You may have to relinquish of your own free will some of your liberties if that's what it takes to get 
to people with Christ. And so on a practical standpoint, I do think that we need to resist allowing this thing to become a law because it is government overreach. However, if it does become a law and we are effectively cut out of the, of the society because we're not allowed to go anywhere or be around other people, how are we going to reach them with Christ if we can't go near them? And so at some point, I think it has to, what, what has to come first before, before we have a question of when do we defy the government? It has to be a question of what do we have to do that's best for the gospel? Right, so my only objections to the, to, to a, a vaccine, my obje- objections are it's unproven. I just don't know. I'm, I'm concerned long-term. This is a MRNA vaccine. Is that okay? I don't know. It might yeah. be uh, that. And the other thing is, man, there's a part of me that when, when the, the way this is pushed and uh, the level that this is pushed, that I just don't like it. I don't, I don't either. I don't like, and, and, and I'm willing, if you can say, hey, you're violating this scriptural principle, you know, don't, you know, if you want to argue with me on it, like I'm fine if someone wants to argue with me, don't use Romans 13. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of been the overarching thing through here. Don't tell me that I violated Romans 13. Tell me, tell me I've, I, I don't know how we can find a scripture that says I'm violating it by not doing it at this point. It might not be a scriptural question, you know, and, and it, it even talks in Romans 13. It says to submit to the authorities. Why does it say that? Because they've been put in position to punish the wicked, to protect the innocent, that kind of stuff. You, you know, I can, I can hear someone making the argument that our government has ceased to do those things, right? We have a government that slaughters the innocent, right? Well, that, wouldn't by, that, by wouldn't, the millions every it, year. I mean, really, isn't that government almost anywhere and everywhere? Sure. But, but then you get into all these crazy, you know, different gray areas. So are, are we going to decide whether to submit to the government on a policy by policy basis? Is there a point where a government becomes toxic and they're no longer effectually the sort of government right. God is talking about so, that where we would so submit where you're to, talking I don't know. Maybe, 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 you know, we're talking about bigger fish than the vaccine. Right. But, but I think that is the issue is that this is a stepping stone. I mean, it, it's, it, this is, this has been led up to for, by other things and it is going somewhere else. This is going somewhere. The government's not relinquishing this type of authority over our, over our, the minutia of our lives. Right. Uh, this is the new normal. Uh, they will have increasing authority over that. That is my concern. Right. Uh, you know, and, and so, you know, we kind of talked about the situation and, and I don't know if this is kind of switching gears a little bit. So I apologize for that. Uh, we talked about if you were a Christian living back in the times of the revolution. Yeah. You know, there's government overreach. There's taxation without representation. There is yeah. clear over abuse of authority from a king over in England who's putting taxes just to oppress people. If you were a Christian living in that time, what do you do? Do you yeah. submit to that and just go with the flow? Or do you say no, like they did as believers at that time, believing in our founding documents, you know, they believed it was their God-given right to break such bonds right? Uh, to fight. But is, uh, did, did, did they hang it on a particular scripture? Or did they just say, no, this is our God-given right? Well, they I- believe freedom. They, be- they, they believe in the idea that life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness are things that God has given, given to us, not things that the government gives to us. They have. But, but also, if you look, what, what's the source of freedom that it talks about in the New Testament? It's, it's the law of life. It's Christ. It's the gospel. That's right. what brings freedom. Okay, so answer the question. If you were a Christian living in, do, do you join the revolution? Man, I don't know, because there was a time when I would have unequivocally said absolutely. Because again, I've sort of been brought up in this, this culture where you know, your faith in God and your defense of liberty were these two 
inseparable, inseparable things. But I, you know, I was listening to an interview with, I think it was John MacArthur and, and just to be clear, John MacArthur and I don't agree about everything. Um, but he made a, a fairly significantly good defense of this idea that that was not the Christian thing to have done. I, I never Says considered guy, it. Under and and that MacArthur has been a guy, you know, you brought him up that through this whole pandemic refused to shut down their church when the state of California told them that they absolutely must and and, and they won in court. And that's sort of the exact distinction that we're talking about because he said, you can't tell us we're not going to worship God. That is a clear cut. I I don't think there is a question there of what we have to do. I tend to agree. If I read about Samuel Adams and, you know, some of the stuff that went on in Boston in the early days, the revolution and, you know, the Sons of Liberty. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome fight, you know, and, Mm And, uh, you know, then you read like Boston, Matt, you know, so you go through that and, and man, I cheer for that. I applaud their boldness, their ability to, uh, uh, fight for what they believed in and they were willing to pay the price. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're not, you know, like even what I kind of alluded to, I'm, I want Liberty, but I'm not sure I'm willing to pay the price to have it. They gave up their fortunes yeah. uh, for that. So the que- to answer the question, I just don't, I don't know if it would have been the right thing. Yeah. We're not facing that yet. No, not We're, we yet. We don't have King George. You know, I, I really hate, I really do hate the, the Nazi comparison because I think it's lazy and people are throwing it around left and right. But I mean, really, the it, it is a good parallel in terms of pre-Nazi Germany, when things were getting bad, when there were, you know, maybe some writing on the wall. And, and, and we do sit back and say, well, how can those people have allowed this to happen? Um, and I'm sure you had people who were like, you know, if somebody had voiced, hey, I think there's a totalitarian regime on the horizon that would have said that's a conspiracy theory, you're a nut, things can't like that yeah. can't happen well, here. Well, the, the Jews um, submitted to it because they thought, well, this is just go with the flow, go with the flow, don't fight it, it's not worth it. And I was reading one time when they said, well, when we started having to wear a Star of David, uh, when we went outside on our on our clothes, then we kind of became aware that this was going somewhere. Right, but you might argue that by then it might've been too late. And so exactly, it was there, late. there's this question of when are we being paranoid and when are we being prudent? And, and I, don't, I don't know how to answer that definitively. I don't know as Christians, okay, yeah, we, we should be willing to, to maybe surrender some of our personal liberties. Maybe some things aren't worth the fight, but how do we, how do we tell what is? How do we well, you know, say, well, hey, we well, need to derail well, this compar- particular train? To use train. that comparison, you'd have to say that they're trying to create a victim or trying to create an enemy out of one group of people. Right. And are they trying to create a legit enemy among the unvaccinated? Right. Uh, and, and I absolutely think that the language is absolutely, uh, let's make them the enemy. I've heard people say, well, let's make them pay financially for what they're doing. They're the they're the guilty ones. Yeah. They're the bad ones. But what's the motivation? Let's avoid. Let's avoid that in our discussion. Like let's avoid sure. trying to create an an enemy out of a group of people who are trying to make the best informed decision, you know, that they possibly can. Yeah, uh, and, and this has become wildly politicized. It's a super hot button issue for everybody. Everyone's getting angry at each other. I think really the best thing that we can each do in any case, however you fall on this, is assume the other person is doing what they think is best, that they really do think that that what they're doing is the right thing. I think too often we're willing to ascribe bad motives to people who are just really yeah. trying to do their best. Um, and there's so much conflicting information out there. How do we get mad at people who've maybe been misled or just have a different conclusion? Maybe we've been misled. Maybe you know, and, and, and I don't think anyone's doing wrong by being no, – no, there's nothing wrong with being vaccinated. No. There's nothing wrong. And and uh, maybe time will prove that the best decision. 
And if that's the case, I'll, I'll, I'll join in. Yeah. And, and I think we do have to make that decision as these things unfold. Like I said, maybe, maybe our duty is to fight tooth and nail to keep things like this from, from becoming laws and, and do our very best within the system to fight that. And then if they do become a law, now we've got to answer the question, okay, do we comply with this law while continuing to protest it? Uh, is it effectively keeping us from witnessing to others? You know, yeah. it's really easy to come up with these arguments did, did that are just rationalization. Did you ever answer that? What would Paul do? What would you, I don't know if you answered that. Oh, man, I'll tell you. Let the, I'll tell you let something. The people, let the people know, Matt. I think I think it don't depends hedge. on I think it depends on it. the situation. But I think Paul, if, if he was being hindered from sharing the gospel with people, if he couldn't go around unbelievers because. He, he wasn't vaccinated. He would have taken the shot. I think okay. he would have taken the so, shot. So help me out. I'm possible I'm make a trip overseas for a mission trip yep. early next year. It doesn't look like the airlines are pushing, are going to push this because of finan- for financial reasons, but let's say they do. Mm-hmm. To travel out of the country, uh, I would have to be vaccinated. Advise me. Okay. So here's the question. What are you doing over there that's not already being done? Are you going to reach anyone with the gospel who isn't already being reached with the gospel? Is well, there something critical that that you need to be there to do that will otherwise not get done for the kingdom? Well, I think there's— Or are you going to check things out and— No, no, it would be more substantial, I hope, than that. It well, right, would be but, but, one, to encourage the saints, two, to teach, to build on mm-hmm. foundation that's already, already been laid. And third, uh, it doesn't discount that a unique voice with the gospel might— have effect that somebody else that's already in place doesn't have. So to say that it would be for not, I don't, think, be it's, done I don't other, think it's for not, or, or that it would be done, that they would be done regardless, uh, would, would not be true. I think I wouldn't go if I didn't think that I would be able to do and accomplish something. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I'm not trying to know. belittle any of that. What I guess what I'm asking is if you didn't go, is that ministry wow. going to suffer because you didn't go? Is there somebody who's not going to come to Christ? Because I mean, it's I hard to know that. I don't now, know that. In, in Paul's case, there were things that weren't going to get well, done would, if Paul didn't go. I would go right? and I, mean, I would go and preach the truth. Sure. And meanwhile, be praying for opportunities. Uh, so I, I, I would. But I think that's a different question. You know, like if I'm saying, "Hey, here's an area where nobody's preaching the truth, and I can't get in there because I haven't well, had a vaccine." Wouldn't you know? that be true for me any given Sunday if I'm not here at Lake Mount preaching? Well, the church is going to go on. Somebody else will step into that role and do probably just what. I would have done faithfully. I guess, I guess what I'm driving at is it's a, it's a risk assessment, right? And so is what you're going to do there important enough to the kingdom that you're willing to take a potentially dangerous experimental vaccine? And, and then you have to answer that question for yourself. Correct. But on, on the lines of expediency, on the lines of things being beneficial for, for the kingdom, you know, using Paul, you know, I became all things to all people. So that by all possible means, I might win some. He, you know, he had, uh, he had Timothy circumcised so that he could preach the gospel to more people. Yeah. Could somebody else have done what Timothy would have done? Yes. Yeah. Titus could have done that or, or, or whoever else could have uh, done the same thing. And, and maybe that's, maybe honestly, you know, I'm filtering this, I'm filtering this live you know, maybe that is the, maybe Paul having Timothy circumcised, you know, being a half Jew, but at the same time, he did tell, you know, Titus, you know, not to be. Right. And, uh, and, and you could argue that really posed no risk to him to have that. I mean, like there, there well, are some differences there, yeah. but I guess, yeah, yes. so here's, here's what I would never want to see. Let's, let's just suppose that Christians decided 
and mass that that this was not this was was not okay that we need to defy this as Christians that we have some god given right that's being uh, violated and that we need to stand up against this. And so now we're excluded from society. We're not allowed to go in any place because we haven't been vaccinated. So what what's successfully been done here is creating a bunch of Christian free zones, right? Where, where the gospel can't well, get in. Now I realize there are Christians Christian, who are okay with this isn't with, a Christian issue. Uh, well, and isn't that what we're trying to answer though? Is it? Do we have a do we have no, a spiritual I, reason to I defy people, this? I have people I love, respect that are godly, godly people that have taken the vaccine without one thought. Sure. Otherwise, that that don't feel that there's a health danger. They've listened. They've talked to their doctors, mm-hmm. and their doctors have assured them that this is safe, and they're doing what they should do. They're listening to their doctors. Yeah. But the question we're talking about right now is: We don't would, have a United would Paul voice. have taken this vaccine? And I think oh, it's a question no, no, of can we put another caveat? To? Can we put a caveat in that? Sure. Would Paul have taken the vaccine if he was say if he was in his heart reluctant to take it? And and the question still remains: Would it have hindered him from spreading the gospel if he could do what God wanted him to do without taking the thing? I don't think he would have had to take it. But it was it was it the difference between him being effective for Christ or not? And and I think that would have been how he answered the well, question. Uh, right, so if I'm uh, if I'm unvaccinated, first of all, I don't wear I don't right now have to wear that around as a badge. Right? Would it would it affect my witness and my preaching? I don't know. People I guess it depends on who you're witnessing and he, preaching but to. But people can't look at me and tell tell whether I've been vaccinated. Right. Or right. Or correct. Un- if, if nobody knows one way or the other, no, it's not going to affect any of that. And now it might affect where I can go and what I can do. Now, is somebody listening to this, they shut me off right away because I have said I don't want to get the the vaccine. Uh if that's the case, that seems pretty immature. Yeah. You know that we can't listen to different opinions and different perspectives. Uh you know, cuz all along we've tried to kind of make very clear I just don't I don't know the science and the data enough yeah. to do it. Mine's not a Mine's not a spiritual, like this overtly spiritual reason for not wanting to take the vaccine. It's right. not because it's infringing upon some God-given command. It's just because I'm uncertain of it. Yeah. And I and I might give a different piece of advice to someone else, just depending on, you know, I'm in my 30s, relatively okay health. Like I, like I said, I like my chances. If I get it, I don't think I'm going to be killed by it. Now, if you're 85 years old and have a respiratory disorder or some sort of immune deficiency I might advise you to go ahead and take, you know, like maybe your chances are better if You're you take the, the thing. The risk is better. Uh, and, and so I agree. Let me hit one more thing that we talked about that I thought was interesting when we, we talked earlier. And that was, you know, in early days, American history, George Washington's general. And he did mandate that his forces be vaccinated against smallpox. Right. And that issue that, that that's been paralleled, that that's been done. I mm-hmm. think there's even, uh, uh, questions about whether that should have been uh, required. Right. Um, you know, a couple thoughts. One, that wasn't mandated for the general citizenry. Right. That wasn't required for, for every citizen. Uh, now, there are vaccines that are required for public school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've allowed, you know, we've largely, I know there are there's a crowd of anti-vax sort of people out there who's been fighting this, but largely as a culture, we've let that fly and, and, for a lot of years. And now. we've, you and I went to India and we got vaccines in order to get our visas to go to India. Yep. And uh, that was a personal choice. We our, were okay our, with that. But our problem, Matt, has never been vaccination. No. Our problem is not even a requirement for vaccination. Right. Our, our question is, our this is just because you know, I know what Matt's feeling. In. Our question is an unproven vaccination. Yeah. And, and, it's and, not even a vaccination. And what it's for, right? 
I, listen, I know COVID has, if, if you've lost someone to COVID, I, I absolutely feel for you. It has been uh, a dangerous virus to a lot of people, but, but depending on who you are and what your other health issues are, it's also not terribly dangerous to many people. Like smallpox is dangerous to everyone and it kills most everyone who contracts it. This isn't smallpox and we can't keep operating as if it were. Well, nor is it, you know, smallpox vaccine was an inoculation of the live virus right. in somebody. But even like polio, you know, like, so if we're talking about polio, this isn't polio. If it were polio, we wouldn't even be having to have a discussion about the government making us take it. People would be scrambling for it. Please give me the polio vaccine. Right. Right? Now, I, mean, it's just, and I guess what gets me is every time I, you know, I, I'll hear, this is kind of what I've observed. I'll hear 40 cases of people that have had it. They were sick. They had flu-like symptoms. They got better, but generally, uh, generally was not, much worse than the flu. Yeah. And then I'll have a friend. Sure. That's hospitalized. Yeah. That is relatively healthy. Uh, and I'm like, Ooh, am I wrong here? Yeah. But that sort of anecdotal, you can't make broad population. wide decisions. This, I'm, I'm right. just saying, I'm just unscrambling. No, no, what's going I, on I, I know. Mind. I know. And, 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 and what's going on. So you're right. This is not, you know, the, the smallpox comparison. It's, it's, you know, the, the principle might be there for mandating military. We, we talked about this before. Right, we, right. We, the the military can mandate vaccines. They do all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, the question is, should they with this one yet? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure either. And and really the question, and, and we're kind of running out of time here, and I know we haven't answered that question, but I don't know that I have an answer yet. And so I, I really feel like this is kind of the seeds of a conversation that needs to be ongoing in the church. Where do we take a stand? Where, where do we take a stand against government overreach? Where do we take a stand against, you know, where we defy what's being laid down as things are becoming laws? And like we said, there are some things that clearly defy the law of God where there isn't a question. If you're, you know, if you're a Christian, you got to be pro-life. You know, there's certain things yeah. that that clearly laid out in the scripture. And I know people will buck that, but you're not arguing with me. You're arguing with the scripture. And so right. those are clear cut cases. But some of these other things. Do they or do they not even have a scriptural component? And and where are we, where are we free to sort of dissent? Where where are we obligated yeah. to dissent? Can I can I sum up? Yeah. Uh, let's say say this: if if your conscience bothers you because of your health, because you feel like it is dangerous, then that should be your right to do that. There is no mandate. This isn't obedience to the government, disobedience to God. This isn't this conundrum yet. But let's respect people that come to different conclusions about this. Yeah. The vaccinated or the unvaccinated are not the enemy here. We do have a virus that is somewhat dangerous that has affected people's lives. It's affected our daily living. Uh, we want the best. We want the best. Yep. People are coming to come to an informed decision based on what you find and what you learn. And uh, you know, that, that's, what, that's what I want to do. I just want to do the best. I want to do the best for the kingdom. I want to do the best for the church. I want to do the best for my ministry. But I also want to do the best for my family and my own life. Yeah. And and, and and people start in that same position and come sometimes to different conclusions. Mm -hmm. And just understand, you know, we're, we, we've kind of talked about our personal positions. We're not trying to hand out medical advice. We're not doctors. Um, and really the vaccination issue was just sort of a way to talk about as Christians, what is our duty as far as where does our patriotism end and our, our citizenry in the kingdom begin, you know, where, where do those lines yeah. lay? And I think, I think that's something that we need to develop our thinking on as the church. And, and 
I don't think we want to wait until we're in an emergency situation to decide how we think about those right. things. We should be proactively developing these And we're Christians first. Positions. And, yes. and we have to make sure that we we don't let our preconceived political ideologies, whatever it is that we're raised, even if you, you can keep that, you can keep that libertarian lean if you want. Yeah. But don't don't ever let that trump your duty to obey scripture. Yeah. And 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 I would say that first and foremost to myself because I I sympathize with some of those positions and I keep having to ask myself is that just my opinion? Is that just my feeling or do I have a scriptural yep. foundation for that? And and quite honestly in a lot of cases I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure it out. And yeah, so th- I hope that you This you'll might all... be one of the first times we've done a podcast where we're really like, "Hey, I don't I don't know yeah. if this is the where we put the line in the sand and I don't know what the right is. Right. I, I think we had some stances and positions, but this is this is the honest truth. You know, we're not trying to dodge a line. No, we're not straddling the fence uh, here. I, know, we're just trying to work our way through this. And 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 we kind of said this when we came in here. We're like, usually what we do, we have like a little brief outline mm-hmm. on, on what we're going to talk about. We don't script. Uh, and this time we said, let's not. At all, yeah, and oh. and please make this a springboard. So so as we sort of wrap up here, uh, you can catch the podcast on our website at lakemountchurchofchrist.org. You can find us on YouTube, Audible, Spotify, uh, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, or whatever you listen to. Uh, please comment, please subscribe, please use this thing as a springboard to to develop this conversation yeah. because we want to hear other people's thoughts on this. Maybe there's some things we missed, something you can add to this conversation. We're not settled. We're not right. settled we're on it. We're not settled on it. You know, we ask you to be respectful of that. We're, we're, we are trying to work through it. We we are leaning, yeah. uh, but we, we aren't settled on that. We don't have it all figured out. And, uh, you know, as leaders in the church, you know, and if anyone's listening and, and you've been in a part of a church— this has been a really tough year and a half yeah. for decision making. We have we've never led through a global pandemic, mm-hmm. right? We've never had to make decisions about what do we expect our members to do on a Sunday morning, masked, right. unmasked. You know, churches are going to have questions about do we ask about vaccination status? We're, churches are going to have these things. Or we've never done that. And and I just ask, you know, as a leader in the church, I ask that you pray for your leaders in the church. You respect their decision-making because I can just say what I've tried to do, what our leadership has tried, we've always tried to do the best thing, the right thing. You don't have to agree with it, yeah. but we've tried to do the best thing and the right thing, and we've agonized many times over it. When we had this shutdown to start with, and we agonized, Matt. Yep. We, we, we fought on, on, on trying to do it, and we've done it all along. And there are other churches that have come to different conclusions mm-hmm. than we have that have— are doing the best they know. Yeah. And so let's be patient with each other, be gracious, love each other, uh, and let's really try to figure this out as a church and and continue this dialogue. We look forward to hearing back from some of you uh, and getting your thoughts on some of this, and we will catch you in a couple of weeks. Thanks a lot for listening.